0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law, Western and Southern financial group, put our financial strength behind you. Visit westernsouthern.com. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the season-ending edition of the Gym Day Podcast. We appreciate you guys hanging in there and listening all season long. And we certainly like, this is guest-oriented, so love to thank uh, the guys that, and gals that came on this year. Uh, we just had India Farmer Senzel, which was uh, me like a substitute teacher trying to um, keep the class in order. Tyler Stevenson has been on here. Graham Ashcraft, Nick Lodolo, Nick Crawl. Uh, Annie Sabo, uh, Kyle Farmer. Hey, wait, I already mentioned him. He was on like eight times. Welcome to the Kyle Farmer podcast, everyone. Kent Merker, Brent Suter, Sam LeCure, Brian Giesenslaw, Derek Johnson, Boog Jambi, Jeff Brantley, Tommy Thrall, Greg Rhodes, and back in spring training, Hunter Green and Joey Votto and more. And this guy who's going to help me wrap up the season. We might as well address right away that I thought it was going to be many appearances. Someone kind of teased that early on. TV's John Sadek is here.
1: Scraping the bottom of the barrel. He's run out of people. Here I am.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That is not true. Because you're the perfect guy to put a rap on this season with. Even though, let's address it, John. Uh, Early on, I, I... kind of tossed out there you know we might go in a different direction this year we're gonna have some correspondence that we're gonna check in with here and there and i asked you if you would accept a rose sam Liqueur, the same thing and uh i really didn't follow through on that much like many of the bachelor and bachelorettes on tv that's
1: uh, that's okay it's wilted um (laughs) you know we had that that moment uh we can have another moment you know it's it's okay
0: (laughs) evie you made it you made a one one or two appearances, at least. You helped me out with the YouTube show, Extra Bases. Check it out on YouTube. Um, which you were on a few times, which was great. So I appreciate it that you accepting the rose, even though it's now wilted rose. We'll have to look towards the future. You're always
1: my teammate. I always care about you, Jim Day. Always.
0: <laughs> All right. What was season two like for you? Because we we went on the road. It was. We had like a normal. Well, normal. Besides wearing mask in the clubhouse. That's a different story, though.
1: Uh, it was mostly normal, though. It was, and uh, so for me personally, it was my rookie year. It felt that way. Yeah. I, you know to actually be in these stadiums many yeah. of which I'd never been to in any way right you know even in an empty stadium let alone to broadcast a game yeah um and to live that life you know that's that's part of the allure of uh, of this kind of job is yeah. you know, beyond the chance to watch major league games every day is the, the full lifestyle that comes with it
0: yeah and the being tired dead tired coming off the road. Yeah. Which yeah. you've experienced in the minor leagues. But this is a
1: different kind of grind, is it not? How was it different uh, for you? To be honest, in the minors it was worse. In the minors I would hit two walls. I would hit a wall in like the second, third week of June. And then depending upon the level and when that all-star break was, that would kind of reset me. Yeah. Um, and then maybe I'd hit another one. It depended upon the team and the year and if they're winning and personal life. and um, Where this year I, I only hit one wall. And, uh, and it came very late in the season. Um, I, to be honest, I found myself in late August, early September, when the minor league year in the past would have been over, saying, yeah. I can't believe we're this far in. It still feels like we're, we're halfway. Really? Um, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, not to diminish it. It is fatiguing in a good way. It's, it's, yeah. a, it's a job I love. I'm not digging ditches. I'm not working on a roof. It, so we're talking for a living.
0: I always say people around me, stop complaining, would you? Goodness, stop complaining. You talk
1: for a living. I mean, my, my brother installs and repairs gas lines like that's <laughs> yeah. work. You know, he's yeah. literally in a ditch with a pitchfork yeah. for like 12 hours. Well, for three years, I worked as a
0: laborer for a brick mason, mm-hmm. tong and bricks up scaffolding stone fireplaces like to the moon. That was work. And that sent me right on back to
1: college. That's how you got so ripped.
0: Yeah, you know, that's why when you see those shirts out there with uh, the gym day with gym day, that is me. That's not Photoshop, folks. That's my bod on there. Thank you for recognizing how ripped I am right now. I mean, I'm just busting out of this shirt right now. No, probably not. Uh, What was it? Was it the bus rides that were more tiresome in the minor leagues was it having to do i mean you were catered with information it's much easier
1: to do research
0: you're a huge research guy so that
1: had to be taxing
0: to have to the
1: uh, the hardest thing is you had to be in the office at 9 a.m every day you had to work the full office day and do, the game was the carrot they dangled to get you to do all the other stuff to
0: do all the other you know stuff.
1: you're cleaning the stadium you're on tarp duty you have to create all the game notes you're selling group tickets <laughs> uh it's that's the tiring part the games are fun the games are the easy part. Yeah. Bus ride, sleeping on a bus for ten hours, fifteen uh, hours. See, I couldn't do it. That, I can't sleep. I can't sleep on a
0: bus. I can't sitting up. I can't sleep. I would have never made it.
1: I yeah. would have never made it. That was uh, my my last few years. I've been fortunate that I've had a chance to work other events for other networks. Uh, something I'm allowed to continue to do with the Reds. So I would get air miles and. Uh, I, I always had extra that weren't going to be used. So I would use them to avoid those bus trips my last few years and fly myself. I'd rather wake up at 5.45 in the morning and get on that commercial flight yeah. than sit in a bus for 15 hours. Oh, there's
0: no doubt. Oh, I, I don't know. I slipped in the side door of Major League Baseball. I never had to do the, the minor league thing. But I envy – I shouldn't say envy. I respect uh, what you guys had to go through to get here So.
1: Yeah, it was uh, a great learning experience. It's, I mean, if I could draw it up, you wouldn't want to be there as long as I was, necessarily. Uh, but I do think you learn from it. I do think you grow from it. I think it gives you a sense of appreciation for everything. I mean, even for the player experience, what yeah. these guys go through, to me, they have it way harder. Way harder.
0: Yeah. Now, you're living the Major League dream, and you said it's sort of like your rookie season because it was uh, much more normal this year. However let's be real. This is a, a tough season on the field for the Reds and you have to talk three, maybe more hours a night about the team. you're feeling time, there are lots of losses. There are times that I'm in the camera where I'm like better him than me because he's doing a better job than me up there. It had to be tough though. And putting aside that this is your dream, you're living the dream, we talk for a
1: living. we should never ever complain still it's relative it had to be tough um yeah there there are certain elements to it because you want to balance you have to be honest with your audience yeah and uh, and i hope and think that people believe that of of what we delivered i mean if a guy's slumping i'm gonna tell you his numbers i'm gonna tell you if he's over his last 20 i'm not gonna ignore it um i'm not gonna belabor it i'm not gonna kill the guy uh that's just the way that i like to do it and uh and i've covered really bad teams before that had really bad seasons uh you know, my first year doing Princeton men's basketball, they started 2-0, and then they went to the Maui Invitational, played Duke in game one, won the opening tap, got a layup, led up like 17 unanswered, uh, then became the first Division one team to lose to Division two host Chaminade in like 20 years, and that was one of 25 losses or whatever they had that year. Um so you know, and even some of the baseball teams that I covered, more in a ball, um, particularly offensively, had very similar stretches to what has happened at times this year. But yeah. to me, there's always a positive you can celebrate. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I and I think that's the balancing act. Like you need to be authentic. You need to, when things are bad, you need to bluntly say that. Um, but there's a, a follow up and a tone to that uh, that you can be factual and direct. Um, but you can also choose to celebrate the good.
0: Right. Yeah, and we've tried to look towards the positive. And one of those, and you're a good guy to talk to this with about, um, the Reds are building within. Mm-hmm. They are, have flipped the switch and are now trying to stockpile talent in the minor leagues. Now it's the job to develop and get them to the major leagues and develop within. Now you've seen this in the minor leagues, whether it's a team that you were working for or other teams. You've seen basically every level. Um, what? How do you? How do you think it's going? What, what do you think of the plan right now?
1: I, I would say that uh, the two rebuilds that I saw every day were with the Kansas City Royals, mm-hmm. the core of the team that went to back-to-back World Series. Moustakis was on right. the team I covered. Eric Cosmer, Salvador Perez, Danny Duffy, Greg Holland, and with the Yankees. It was Aaron Judge and Gary Sanchez, Luis Severino, and all those dudes. Um, and yeah, they went to an LCS, and they're right. still part of the the core core of what mm-hmm. they they have now. This feels similar. Um, the pitching here is way in front of both of those respective teams um i feel great about the big three of lodolo green ashcraft and of alexis diaz um and i thought raver san martin once he established his reliever role he's a very capable guy um and i'm i'm high on the uh the returning guys um what tyler stevenson can deliver i, I think jonathan india is going to have a huge bounce back year next year uh, i think he's a tough dude that's playing through a lot right um but the only concern I would have legitimately is what's the gap between the pitching and the position players? I, there is one right now. Right. And that, that jump for outside of Ellie de la Cruz, none of the others have, have shown it for an appreciable well, Christian Encarnacion strand to some extent. But uh, to be at AA or above is really what the scouts have always told me and what I saw as like the proving ground. And hitting or pitching at Double A doesn't mean you're going to do into the big leagues, but to to a certain extent, that's where you really know the heft of a prospect. Um, and the rough math is normally these are this is from scouts. This isn't my observation or thought. It was reinforced by that, but this is from major league scouts. One out of three, one out of three of your you know your labeled prospects, not minor leaguers, but the guys that are are viewed as future big leaguers will be a competent, qualified, capable, true big leaguer that will play an appreciable amount. Doesn't mean all-star, right? big leaguer. Um, and that's where numbers matter. And that's why I think the trades that in the short term resulted in a lot of particularly offensive suffering, I do think will pay dividends. I feel a similar vibe. I think there's enough pure numbers of guys that you're, enough of them are going to arrive but when do they arrive, and how do they produce when they arrive? And those first two three years can be their own proving ground.
0: Yeah, so it's uh, unfortunately getting there is the hard part, and trying to uh, sell that to people that, I, and I've said this on this podcast. I, I wish they would have uh, gone all in on this years ago. Mm-hmm. We'd be in a different spot right now. But it is what it is. Um, I I'm you know I'm excited about what it, just because of what you said the, the volume. They had a good minor league system before, but now they've really got volume because all those guys that you've heard about, folks, they're not all going to make it. Some are going to just not make it, just not live up to expectations. But if you get one and three, yeah. then you really do. I mean, let's think, you got eight positions, Phil, outside of the pitcher. you got eight positions. You've got five rotation spots in a bullpen. So if you've got numbers, you can you can do it over years. And they've been drafting. I've also been impressed by the way they've been drafting the last few
1: years. Have you? Very much so, yes. Yeah. And uh, and I think the international signings yeah. will also be another uh, big lift. I, right. And I think they have to be. Yeah. I think the, the hit rate, bluntly, has to be higher for the Reds than for many other teams. Yeah. Uh, that's where, you know, as much as we look at and think of their established big league stars, when you look at the teams that have way more overall resource, the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Mets, the Red Sox, the Astros, they have margin for error. The Yankees can miss on Greg Bird and Rob Refsnyder and Gary Sanchez can never fully, truly crystallize his potential because they have enough other dudes right. and they can they can buffer and they can cover at least short-term fixes here and there. Um, they also stockpile
0: in AAA. They pay. Players do. in major league salary and stockpile them in triple-A if someone gets hurt. So.
1: They do, and uh, and they also for years, you know, particularly when when Mr. Steinbrenner, when George Steinbrenner was running the Yankees, and I could speak to them more because yeah, you I,
0: no longer have to call him Mr. Steinbrenner. You're not wor- working no, for him anymore.
1: That's, that's still a forever thing, <laughs> seared into my brain. Yeah, uh, yeah. I worked for the big league team in addition to being with uh, their minor league team and uh, but he cared a lot about winning at all levels and that's something i've i've spoken with chris about because chris came up in there. chris season. who chris welsh who's that uh, some puss armed lefty oh yeah okay yeah yeah <laughs> i'm sorry i didn't know, i didn't know who you're talking about <laughs> yeah he uh, yeah, th- winning mattered a lot you yeah. know and they would they, they will spend more money and stash guys away at aaa yeah. so that in case of emergency break glass or they could be a trade ship. Right. Yeah, no matter what, there's and they also treat their guys well in the sense that they give opt outs. You know, the guys we would see, Chen Ming Wong would be a Triple A or Dan Johnson or you right. know guys that were really good Triple A players that had big league time and success, they would always have opt outs. That yeah. at the end of May or by July one, if a major league team wants to give you a major league deal, you can leave. But right. they're being paid essentially a split deal where they're making not big league money, but way more than way more, money. Way
0: more than, yeah, that's, yeah. What I, that's what I mean by stockpiling and paying them that money. Yeah. Now, I, I have a question that just popped in my mind because you mentioned Miss, Mr. Steinbrenner. Am I allowed to call him George? Sure. Okay. No. <laughs> Mist, I'll go Mr. Steinbrenner. May he rest in peace. Um, do the Yankees have an assistant traveling secretary?
1: So they For did, real, in real life? They did not when that episode <laughs> of Seinfeld premiered. Yeah. After that whole character, you know, that idea for George yeah. came about, they did, but it was fairly short lived. And to my knowledge, right now they don't. Ben Tulibitz, who was the number three PR man there, a rough equivalent to uh somewhere in between Larry and Jamie here. Yeah. Um, has been their traveling secretary for a number of years. Great dude, excellent roller <laughs> hockey player. Um Really? But, yeah. But they no longer they they did not then George got that job, then they created the job, and then it went away. <laughs>
0: they, should, they should symbolically have that, even if the dude doesn't do the assignment or you know, the workload that I don't know what an assistant uh, traveling secretary would do. I take that back. I do know what they would do because it's a really tough, time-consuming job, so you should have a, an assistant. So they should just
1: symbolically have that. We should all have assistants, right? <laughs> I mean, what the heck? Why not?
0: Hello? Valley? Hello? John needs an assistant. Western and Southern is committed to helping make Cincinnati the best place to live, work, and play. That's why we're proud to sponsor the Strikeout Cancer Initiative. Every time a Cincinnati Reds pitcher strikes out a batter, Western and Southern makes a donation to the Barrett Cancer Center. We're all in this one together to beat cancer. Join Western and Southern in this mission to make our hometown better than ever. Western and Southern Financial Group, Cincinnati, Ohio. Jim Day here. Nothing goes better with Reds baseball than Swift Meats.
1: Tenderloin! Back
0: ribs! Sounds like you agree. So let's gather around the grill this season to talk a little baseball and a lot of everything else. Ask for Swift Meats at your local grocer.
1: Good food, good moments, one great meal. Come together with Swift. I actually do think we should do a better job uh, as an industry of affording some form of window or opportunity to next generation of folks. Um, yeah. And it doesn't have to be for, I mean, I, I would have done it for literally nothing. I, I worked multiple jobs for literally nothing. Um, today's world, that's harder and harder to do. And there's Are you getting good, paid now? Um, sometimes. Oh, yeah. man, i got to talk to some people about this. All right.
0: Yeah. Sorry, go ahead.
1: But, you know, I, I do think that, uh, uh, particularly for us on the TV side, I would see it even more on the technical side, you know, the – we need the next generation of people that make TV production, and yeah. we should be that. That's what Doctrine. I'm
0: worried about. I'm not worried about the uh, announcers or the guys in front of the camera the broadcasters. I'm worried about those. There's plenty of those, even though they need to be taught properly. I'm worried about the production side. Yeah. Because through COVID, we lost a lot of people in the industry, and it's a small fraternity. It's uh People would think it's this huge, vast fraternity. It's not. It's a small fraternity and lost a lot of quality people who just didn't have work
1: and just went and did something else. They haven't come back. And I think there's also some misconceptions that there's a sense of belief that most people associated with all of this at, at every position and every level are salaried, permanent, benefited employees. The overwhelming majority of the industry is not. And that's what I try to express to aspiring young people. I I don't try to scare them, but I try to tell them the reality. Like This is what most places do. These are pay ranges from when you start, when you're in the middle, when you're at the end. And it's awesome. I love what I do. I made very little money for a very long time, and I'm okay with that. But I want you to fully understand what it is before you go all the way in.
0: Yeah, now you're living in that gated community. With, uh, I'm not in Jim
1: Day territory.
0: <laughs> living on a reservation, there in north, north suburb, Cincy. No, you're way beyond me. I'm just a, uh, I'm just a
1: lowly podcast host. You're Batman. Don't tell anyone, John. This is a running thing that's gone on all year. He also has another nickname on the bus for the seat that he has at the <laughs> rear of it. That's probably not fit even for a podcast, but. <laughs>
0: Uh, We can't say the name, but it does have to do with um, one of my alter egos. Uh, Folks, all right, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I'm Batman. All right. I'm Batman. Sorry. Batman's getting a little old. It's a little tougher to fight crime. But at night, late at night, I'm fighting crime. I also have another alter ego, which I haven't fulfilled yet, and that would be a
1: wrestling manager. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I want that to happen one day. <laughs> so I, I am friendly with Tony Schiavone, oh. who former uh, yeah. wrestling announcer with WCW oh, yeah. forever. He's uh, he's announcing again now, and he, he does AEW, the tour. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he was the AAA Braves announcer in Gwinnett, suburban Atlanta. Yeah, yeah we, we saw him many league. times
0: when we go to Atlanta. He would be there a lot of times.
1: Because uh, and back in the day, he was a WSB, which is you know the WLW of of Atlanta. Yeah. Um, so I. I think he might be able to hook you up. In wow! Some way. You see, you need to put
0: in a call to Tony Schiavone. Tony Schiavone. See, every time I hear that name, I think of Dusty Rhodes. Tony Schiavone, <laughs> <laughs> the American Dream,
1: jet setting, limo riding.
0: Yes. But I need to be a bad guy uh, manager. But I need to be a good good guy first. Set up the heel turn. We've talked about this heel turn many times. By the way, that you those blah, blah, folks that don't know. Uh, a heel is a bad guy in wrestling terms.
1: You know, I'm just spitballing here, okay? This <laughs> here is not go. scripted. Here we we did not talk about this in advance. <laughs> Why don't we try to get Tony on your pod, Ooh. have two worlds meet, and then, you know, we can st- start to get the, the wheels in motion of consideration for, you know, some moonlighting as a, as a pro wrestling commentator wow. manager Deal. of some sort. Have you heard his podcast? Yes, uh, it's uh it's a little more off color. It's a
0: little racy. Yeah. It's a little uh...
1: <laughs> That's what he was like when I was in the when I was in the booth every time.
0: <laughs> but yeah, uh, if you have like, you know, this uh, I don't know, this sugar coated world of Tony Sch- <laughs> the first time you listen to the podcast, you're like, Oh wow, okay. Oh, that's a little brace. Oh, that's aggressive. <laughs> He's entertaining It exactly. is. Yeah, he is. It is adult humor yes. all the way, so be warned. So uh, I would have to tell him that this one is family-friendly, or at least we try to be family-friendly, although Farmer in
1: India and Indian since i tried to poop poo on <laughs> last week. I must say, I, I chuckled the entirety listening to that episode. Well, it
0: was India just, like, giggling like a, a little kid through the whole
1: thing. I, I couldn't keep him in check. Yeah, the, the substitute teacher... That, that was spot on. <laughs> that was exactly what it was. Should have just handed out Dinos. <sighs> uh, right. watching a movie today,
0: guys. We got to do this Tony Schiavone thing. Because people are probably sick of me on TV anyway, so they need me to go get a new gig. So uh,
1: I never want you to leave. <laughs> I have to tell you folks, honestly, so when, when <laughs> games end, uh, and I speak even more specifically about the road. Home is kind of a different dynamic and how everything's structured. But on the road... You know we generally take the bus yeah we're usually on the same bus going to and from every day yeah and so after the game when i make my way downstairs and i get to the bus if you're on there or shortly thereafter on there it lightens my day no matter what oh, it does because you make me laugh all the time oh well likewise we
0: we have a few laughs we have some some similar humor going on,
1: and there's uh, there are certain catchphrases, many of which would require a lot of other explanation, but there's certain running jokes that just constantly come up, and I think they get funnier every time. I I well, really love them.
0: When it's all said and done, and I'm able to do a a different podcast, let's say uh, more along the lines of Tony Schiavone's, uh, yeah, we'll talk about said things without throwing people under the bus yeah yeah yeah. there's a lot of secrets that i know in the clubhouse and stuff that i just have to take in my grave
1: because i'll lose the trust of the clubhouse so but yeah i I wouldn't express that on the podcast (laughs) 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 no that's where uh, you are somebody that i think is a confidant for a lot of people you know you you have that nature Uh, about you people tell you things it's just longevity i think yeah, but I also think there's a relatability. You don't take yourself too seriously. You know, you're often self-deprecating in a sincere Always. way. <laughs> you know, it's But there's there's a lot of truth but to I'm a tremendous
0: that. slouch, John.
1: Yeah, I mean well, that's what we're all aspiring <laughs> to? I mean, literally I'm slouching while I'm talking to you <laughs> in this this recording booth that I didn't know existed yes. in a super secret part of the stadium. <laughs> yes.
0: Folks, the voice of God Jose they are using. you hear him as the PA announcer at Great American Ballpark for several years now I call him the voice of God um, I'm not even going to try it I can't I don't have the pipes I can't do it I can't Im- imitate him but he has an office that they kind of built around they built this other different place so he's got a. I mean it is a secret entrance it is
1: fit for Batman I mean, Jim is gripping literally at the wall, (laughs) and I think he's joking, and the wall opens. (laughs) (laughs) That's the truth. That's the truth. You're
0: like, I'm walking John over here. I'm like, we're going into Joe Z's little studio here. And he's like, okay, figure And we're just going to go into a normal office. And then right in the middle of the hallway, I did. You have to find where the door is, and you have to- Get it open.
1: <laughs> you were amazed. <laughs> that was. I'm gonna. When we leave here, I'm just gonna stare at it and just run my fingers along the wall.
0: Well, now you know. If you need some me time, if you need to get away, mm-hmm. just say Joe. Just text Josie. Hey, man, can I go in your little hidden studio? The Bat Cave.
1: That this, this is this is like the Bat Cave. It is, and you can actually see <laughs> out too. Yes. <laughs> yes. so wait can they see in what do they see from the outside of this <laughs> they window see, they just see
0: those blinds and they're black so there's no although I got I turn the lights up Josie normally has some mood lighting going on like that right yeah there. that but that's a little creepy <laughs> 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 that, that type of mood lighting but probably sounds better I mean then we're in a sound studio so hope hoping this sounds good people we're all good um, where was I going next, John? Boy, we I we got off track, and I love that. By the way, that's the best part of this podcast. Is I sit down and I don't know where it's going, and we just get off on tangents, which is just great. Um, Tony Schiavone, if you're listening out there, I want let's do this. Let's do. Th- I've already got the whole storyline mapped out, so I'm ready to go, ready to rock and roll anytime you are. Triple H no. as well. Tri- you out there, Triple H? I'm ready to go, man.
1: What would your go. outfit be? <clears throat>
0: That's the only thing. See, they would have, they would be in charge of that, yeah. I'm sure. They would tweak it. But it would be probably a, a suit, some type of anti-whatever, you know.
1: Now, one thing that I don't know if I've heard you address on this podcast, when did you become boys with John Cena?
0: <laughs> I'm not boys with John Cena. That is a misconception. I was asked about it. I appeared on the, what's that show called, The Rally? Yeah. On Bally? Um. Yeah, and they asked me because John Cena started following me on Twitter. Now, people, he follows about a 1,000 people at least, maybe 2,000. He's got millions of followers, but he follows one to 2,000 people. And I don't even know if he runs that account. But he started following me, and I took a screenshot of it like, Hey, John Cena, I can see you is what I posted. <laughs> um, but he is really good. He's boys with Sean Casey. Mm. And Casey... Shameless plug. Go back in the archives to the Casey episode. Do you want to hear some great John Cena stories behind the scenes? Casey at wrestling matches and with Cena out drinking with Cena. Great stories. Go check them out. Uh, I don't know if that has it to do with anything. I don't know if he. I'm not even sure he runs. I mean, it's a lot of people don't even run their social media accounts. I have no idea. You run yours? I do, oh. but as you, I don't post very much anymore because.
1: That's why you need an assistant.
0: True. <laughs> But there's got to be a lot of trust going on there because you get abused. People like to read what they want to read and hear what they want to hear. So, yeah, it's everywhere. Yeah. But I usually mainly use it for a promotional tool, which is really bad. Not a, I used to be a good follow not as many. Maybe I have to maybe that's one of the goals of the offseason, to be a better social media follow. But anyways, to answer your question, we're not boys. I've okay. never met him. But he followed me on Twitter and I made probably a bigger deal out of that than it needs to be. But Casey and him are boys. Maybe you could manage them as a tag team. (laughs) Now we're talking. (laughs) Now, now me and Casey are good friends. We text and talk a lot, all the time. Uh, In fact, I just got one from him. Um, So, yeah. Mm, mm, Yeah. Casey would be down. He's in shape now. You looked at him recently. He's lighter than what he played. Uh, he would be down for that. In fact, the, Casey and Danny Graves, I think, were in a local match here when they were players. Oh, get out of here. Oh, yeah, they did a local match here. It would Danny Graves.
1: The baby-faced assassin? The baby-faced assassin. Did he go off the top rope?
0: Uh, I was not at the event. The only thing I saw was their their entrance, which was great because they were strutting in like they were the Freebirds from back in the day, <laughs> which was great. <laughs> yeah, I would love to manage John Cena. See, there you go, because he's a good guy, and I could manage John Cena and then do the heel turn yep, at WrestleMania. Yep, yep.
1: <laughs> Foreign object thrown into the <laughs> yeah, ring by absolutely. Jim Day. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, and I, uh, you know, I dream of Jim Ross saying one day. That's Jim Day's music. What's he doing here? (laughs) (laughs)
1: It's the Jim Day Podcast.
0: What's your favorite stadium? You went to, yeah, I know you didn't get them all this year. We're eventually going to get to them all, but uh, that's a big question by fans. That's
1: like one of the top three questions I always asked
0: cities and stadiums.
1: So often I have trouble making decisions on things like that, but specifically yeah. for a stadium, easy. Not including Great American Ballpark.
0: What a qualifier. That's not you're including such a the company, man.
1: <laughs> of the stadiums I've been to, so yes. uh, there could be another one that might supersede it. San Francisco, not close. No, they're not going to top that one. It's amazing. The yeah. view is amazing. The scent of the garlic fries is Isn't amazing. It? The fans are into it. The and atmosphere. They know. It's amazing. It's cool, great.
0: Coolness in the air. It's the, great. <laughs> everything about it is great.
1: It just it feels like when you think of like big league Yeah. in every way. It's, it's flush with fans. It's got a, an amazing spectacle of even beyond the water. Just the, the idiosyncrasies of the, the giant Coke bottle and the glove. and It just it has an identity. Right. It, I know what, if somebody says, being at a San Francisco Giants game, I now can totally identify exactly what that is.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's my favorite. People ask what uh, the favorite stops are, and it's that in uh, San Diego are— I like the stadium in San Diego, too. But the city, I think we share this. It's a great, it's a great place to go.
1: I love it. I went there yeah. for the first time in 05. I stayed for about two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, we stayed in Encinitas. Then we were on the hotel circle. And I I fell in love with greater San Diego. Yeah. The uh, I would also say we didn't go there with the Reds yet. Uh, but I have been to Target Field where the Twins play. Yeah, it's a nice place. Awesome stadium. I am curious what it's going to feel like, and I would assume for you even more so because you you have years of experiencing big league travel the way it's been with divisional play getting diminished so much and not having that third trip to Pittsburgh, Chicago, St. Louis and going to some other Flying miles
0: are going to be longer. The trips are going to be longer.
1: But you're going to have that variety. So how do you balance that?
0: I like the new schedule. Yeah, I'm for it. I mean, if we were traveling commercial, we're spoiled, folks. We travel on the team plane. So it's going to be more. It's going to be a little different. There's going to be some trips in there where it's just one city.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of like those sometimes, though. The best thing about a there-and-back series is I can bring the weekender. I don't have to bring the big bag. Yeah. <laughs> and I can fit my workout clothes and my on-air clothes and my lounging-around clothes and a tiny little weekender, and I'm good.
0: All right, let's go into this now. What's essential that you have to travel? Because you not only have a weekender and a big bag, you you look like one of the players because you're traveling a PS5.
1: That's true. That's <laughs> true. It's uh Yeah, so I have my PS5. My PS5, I do game. And I, I love yeah. the games. I'm playing uh, Cyberpunk 2077, uh, 2077 the most right now. Um, but I also use it for my other entertainment. I have you know Netflix, Disney+, uh, Paramount+, Plus are all right there on the machine. Uh, and then I, I use it the most for MLB.tv. Um, one of the things I do to prepare for a game is I always watch... Whoever the opposing starter is, I watch his innings from his last start. Yeah,
0: that's a smart way to do it. Because no one knows more than the local broadcasters. Yeah. That's and, where you get the most information.
1: And that can help inform me then that if I go talk to Boog Shambi about a Cubs pitcher, well, I already know what he said on the air. So I have launching points for like, well, you said this. What did you see? Or what was the follow-up from that? Yeah. Or where was the starting point? How did he get to there? Right. Um, and I can tell a better story.
0: Yeah. All right, I told you I was going to keep you 20 minutes. We're 34 minutes in. I'm sorry. Uh, wrapping this up, next season, um, how many of these it's, – it's still going to be a, a, a gap. I mean, we're sitting here. We don't know what the Reds are going to do in the offseason. We have no inside information of if they're going to be actives in the free agent market, trades, whatever. But there's going to be a gap before some of these position younger position players get here. Um, I, I would imagine you're in the camp of let's not rush these kids. When they're ready, they're going to be ready.
1: Correct? Yes, I would decidedly agree. And I, I think the, you know, nobody's going to know the prospects as well as those that are coaching and evaluating them every day. Yeah, and if they do believe that's. Any one particular – there's a lot of them now. So there could be one or two that they feel very confident based upon whatever they do in the offseason, whether it's fall league or winter ball or whatever, and whatever they accomplish in spring training. We should give so-and-so a shot. If they feel confident in that, I would believe that and I would say let's give it a shot. But generally, yes. I I think guys kind of tell you when they're ready. And I also think there is value in um, many teams that I've seen rebuild – Having a bunch of those prospects together yeah. and winning together in the minors Hershel. before they come up together, yeah. yeah. I, th- I think uh, there is something to learning how to win, and yeah, you know, the- no
0: question. You're appreciative to the choir, and that I've been, I've been talking about that for years, man. That they uh, there hasn't been enough winning as a team in the minor league levels uh, in the organization, and it is important. If you've got a guy, that now they're grooming relievers. Back in the day, it used to be, oh, the guys in the bullpen are going to be guys that didn't make it as a and that still is true. But now they're really grooming relievers. So how is a reliever going to know how to get out of a tight situation and a, when the team needs to win other than doing it?
1: Yeah, and, and I think if you look at teams that have rebuilt and done well in the last couple of decades, you look at the Braves, you look at the Cardinals, you look at the Rays, you look at the Giants, yeah. you look at the Royals, the, they all win at the minor league They level. did. And yeah. that means sometimes you hold one or two guys back yeah. or you push one or two guys up a level yeah. and try to bunch them together.
0: No question about it. Those, you know, we, we love history around here and, and rightly so. But that 1990 team that won it, all those guys came up together in mm-hmm. the red system. Oh, They all came up together besides the guys that they added, you know, later, the Randy Myers, etc., those guys were all in the minor leagues together and won together and got used to playing together, and I think there's a lot to be said for that. And I'm excited that the, the, these group of guys are together. The Ellie De La Cruz is playing with Matt McLean. The, they're mixing in Noel Vey Marte, Christian Incarnacion strand these pitchers, Williamson, uh, the the young Petty Kid, and the uh, Connor Phillips. I mean, we could go on and on and on, but these names, uh, they're all playing together. And I there's a lot to be said for
1: that. So, yeah, and, and I... A- I don't think we'll see many, uh, or maybe any, at the start of next year. But I do think we'll start to see some at some point during next year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The big question is going to be, and I, I can see it coming,
1: we want L.A. De la Cruz now!
0: Yeah. Well, he has yet to play in AAA. It, it's been done before. And it's been done, and they've rushed guys, too. So we'll see. It's going to be interesting to see how he does in the Dominican Winter League. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in the Fall League. But I'm, above all, looking forward to I love a young, hungry team, man, and I think that's what we're going to have here going forward. So I'm looking forward to it. I love it, man. All right. Well, once again, thank you for you. Thank you for being a, uh, a good teammate, colleague. Thanks for coming on this show. Thanks for accepting a rose that's wilted. And... uh It's got a new bloom. Look at that. (laughs) It's freshly come to life. Uh, Biggest thanks goes out to you, you listeners out there. I appreciate it as we wrap up this season of podcasts. What the future holds, I have no idea. They could can me tomorrow, folks. I have no idea. So I'm either going to be sent on down the road, I'm going to be a wrestling manager, I'm going to be selling cars, or I could be back next year doing the podcast. We'll see. Good Lord willing, and the creek don't rise, we'll be talking to you down the road in some capacity. He's Batman. I will be fighting crime. Batman Batman, getting a little old. Batman getting a little gray on the side, on top. I'll be fighting crime. You can book it. I love you, Jim Day. <laughs> Thank you, John. I love you, too. Wow, I just what an admission I just made. Can we get some violin music? <laughs> Cue up the music. <laughs> so, cinema seriously folks thank you appreciate it and we will see you on down the road on the gym day podcast see ya